Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Cinestream Club, the fortnightly pod where we take a movie that society adores, pick it apart, and see after that grueling ordeal if the remains deserve a place in the Cinestream Vault. This week, you get the head, you get the tail, you get the whole damn thing. It's Jaws. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. We got the Ed, we got the Drea, we got the whole damn thing. It's Jaws. Guys, welcome to the Zoom room. We're here to talk about uh, Jaws, the best villain in Bond history uh, from... Doctor, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Richard Keel. Richard Keel. We're going to have a ninety-minute chat about Richard Keel. <laughs> I've been waiting for this very niche podcast <laughs> yeah. all of my life. Yeah, yeah. We have one listener, a good friend of mine, John, who is a huge Bond fan. So the fact that we did Goldeneye last week, and now we're going to spend ninety minutes talking about Jaws, the villain, he's going to be very happy with this. So, John, this is for you. Strap in, John. <laughs> yeah, strap Goodbye, in. everyone else <laughs> who used to listen. Yeah, to yeah. Uh, but uh, no, obviously, we're, we're talking about the uh, the nineteen seventy-five. Classic, or is it Jaws? Uh, what does the movie mean to you? Where does it bring you back when you when you think of where you were when you first saw this? I have one or two words, uh, one note written uh, on this section of my notes, and I just have porn book, <laughs> and that's basically my my full memory of Jaws because I remember. <laughs> I don't know when I first saw it. It was one of these films that was always on in the summer. You know, there's always a RTE2, the, the, the midweek film, you know, Channel 4 on a Saturday. It, it was always on once or twice a year during the summer. So I don't, I can't pinpoint when I saw it. I just know that I saw it a lot as a kid. And then I remember being about nine or ten, buying the book. And I think I bought it out of a random place like Power City. Like, Power City had, like, a random corner where they just, like, sold, like, sold, uh, like, just random oh, stuff. Film books, probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, like, you know, Power City, and it's, like, you know, the, the paper analog section, and it was just, like, a random corner. And it was books, and I bought Jaws for, like, two euro. And I actually thought it was, like, a... I, I didn't realize that the, the movie had... You know, I was nine or ten. I, I didn't know that there was a... It was based on a book. I thought this was a book about the film. So I thought, like, oh, oh, that's a great film. I'm going to read about Jaws. 
and yeah like whatever 30 pages in it just gets into chief brody's wife having an affair um really graphic stuff about and i know i'm getting into the book now but really really explicit sexual um (laughs) page turning hot stuff for a nine-year-old there's a reason it was number one in america and they were really keen to get this film made (laughs) yeah 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 probably the opposite of a page turner more of a page sticker oh yeah 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 and that that was the end of the book so you've no idea how it turned out yeah it was a salty book and i'm not talking about the salt water um (laughs) Oh God, um, but yeah, th- that's my memories. But look, as as uh, from the perspective of the movie, yeah, like really scary film as a kid, loved it, um, and watching it again just kind of brought me up. It, it, it kind of it maybe it's a Spielberg thing, but it reminded me when we did Jurassic Park. It whenever you watch a Spielberg movie, you, you always just turn into a child, and you always get brought back. And I don't know if it's a nostalgic <laughs> of it, the aspect of it, or is it the fact that is is it just how Spielberg puts things together um but yeah that's that's what joss did for me uh andrea what about you um for me right this when i was a kid my mom used to always watch the like a lot of hitchcock films and watching this again for the first time in god in years i realized why i loved it so much as a kid is because it's very hitchcockian isn't it like the it is the the extras um just even the the style of acting you know it's just and the suspense and i know it wasn't to do with um it wasn't initially going to be like that they wanted the shark in it all the time but no (laughs) um so my mom loved uh hitchcock films and so this this film resonates with me now and also my parents went on a date to see this in the cinema in the 70s and they talked about it so much because they didn't actually get to see the film. Ooh. They were they were halfway through the film and there was a bomb scare in oh. the in the Adelphi cinema in Middle Abbey Street in Dublin. So everyone had to evacuate. So growing up, my mom didn't see this film for years and she would always go, oh, Jaws, shite film, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. until yeah. when until she watched it on the telly, you know. My, and uh, saw, finally saw the shark. <laughs> I, I I totally forgot to say that my mum and dad, as a kid, I always knew that it was my one little piece of family trivia was that Jaws was my mum and dad's, I think it was their second date. I think the first, it was, I know Kramer versus Kramer was the first movie they saw, I think, followed wow, by Jaws. That's, or, or that's, an awful film. that's an awful or, first date. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, film about divorce and uh, custody of a child. Yeah, so it was either whatever film came out first. That was their first and second. So Jaws, Kramer versus Kramer. It that was one and two. I just don't know the order. Um, but yeah, like Jaws would be a perfect first date movie because you got the whole, um, you know, she Suspense grabs on cuddling close. Exactly. Yeah, she grabs onto your onto your arm as the uh, as the bomb scare happens, and uh, yeah, perfect, perfect first date movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bomb scare scene. The bomb scare scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a man can grab onto a woman's arm as well in fear. Men can be afraid too. It's oh, just, especially yeah. of bombs, women, Trevor. Women don't have the monopoly on fear. <laughs> yeah. when it comes and, to bombs. Andrea, when you when you said my mum and dad didn't get to see the film, apologies for saying. Ooh, so uh, <laughs> if, if your mom and dad listen to this, sorry, uh, don't be offended. Uh, uh, 
And I'm... that's how Andrea was conceived. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why, that's why you were going to be called uh, Adelphi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would have been called the Orca or something. <laughs> My daughter, Quint. Which is funny because boats are normally... Um, named after women, and you mm. know, named after oh, yeah. your your beloved other, and he called it after a big fat whale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, mm. is that a nod to Moby Dick, the orca? Is that what the what was the whale called? Well, or, orcas, orcas, a killer whale. Yeah. Killer whale, yeah, yeah. Which would be significantly smaller than than the big than the big white whale. But I wonder, is it though? Because I know there's a lot of um. A lot of whale and Moby Dick. Like when I was watching it the last night, there I I, I was like it was, I was stricken, strucken, stricken of, of how similar struck uh, struck. I was struck with how similar uh, <laughs> uh, Quint was to Ahab with his like you know obsession on capturing this beast, and mm. you know and by the t- and he got to a point where he crossed the line. Um, and he yeah. he wasn't going to yeah. go back. And, like this is it. And when he smashed the radio, I was thinking of Ahab. And it's only in my notes then, and I didn't realize that there was originally meant to be all these nods back to Moby Dick, like the, the Quint's first scene um, was him actually, that didn't make the cut, but he was in a picture house watch, and they were watching Moby Dick uh, in in the local town. And, and apparently Quint was like laughing in the background in, insanely. And... Uh, and did you did you hear this? Did you see this? No, no, no. it would be hilarious. Yeah, so there was a Moby Dick scene. They're all watching Moby Dick, and Quint's just laughing like a maniac, and he got thrown out of the cinema. But they, and they they shot it, but they couldn't put it in the film because Gregory Peck, who owned the rights to Moby Dick, didn't like his portrayal of Ahab in Moby Dick, so he didn't want it resurfaced. And he said, "No, yeah. no you're, you're not you're not getting this." Um, so he threatened to sue the studio and sue sue studio and they wouldn't um yeah they wouldn't do it yeah so uh a little mm-hmm. bit of trev's trivia there er, early out of the gates for trev's trivia guys but this is <laughs> hey this is the kind of stuff this is the rocking and rolling we do here in the Sinistream club <laughs> uh <laughs> we've all had a drink uh so uh <laughs> that's not true we're all drinking we're all drinking we're all drinking um but Ed, what about what about you? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, anyway, close out the point. Yeah, Moby Dick, a lot of Moby Dick references, and that's why I mentioned the Orca thing. But, but Ed, what about you? Where does it bring Baby Ed back to? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing I saw this on TV. It's one of those things where it was, you know, yeah, it was always on TV. Mm. It was on like Saturday afternoon on UTV or something. I do remember it being the first movie I saw that was like had severed legs in it and, Mm. you know, scary stuff, real kind of like blood. And there's a lot of kind of scary stuff in this, in this movie for something that is PG for for (laughs) PG essentially. But that's the thing with Spielberg, you know, they invented the PG 13 rating for him Mm. for um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the first PG 13. Yeah. Because they love Mr. Spielberg so much, but I remember watching it um, as a kid and enjoying it immensely. And then, as I got older, rewatching it and just falling in love with Quint as a character. Yeah. And this time around, because um, I've seen it so many times, I've seen it so many times. I've watched it, and I've just watched the background, and I haven't watched 
any of the main actors talking. I've I've watched it where I've literally just been watching the ocean behind the actors <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the boat. Yeah. yeah, but it gives me it gives me a nice um, a nice nostalgia for yeah, like watching movies of a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, or a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and it's the perfect kind of fun for all the family adventure. Ed, speaking of watching all the background stuff, aren't yeah. all the extras just fantastic? Like there isn't. Yes. There's yeah. no. There's no duds because I because I've I because I work in TV and I'm like used to calling out the extras on their bad behavior. Yeah. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> the extras are all incredible. Any particular and shows you want to divulge, uh, <laughs> Andrea? I got some. I got some extras <laughs> stories as well. I got a really, I got a funny one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe for the for the head stuff plus, I might <laughs> divulge my extra story. <laughs> yeah. But that it, it it just adds to it, and it that's because uh, it feels like a play, and that's what mm. Hitchcock yeah. did great. You know, you know, that's what Hitchcock did well. You know, like he. You you felt like you were immersing it the way you would be when you're watching a play. You know, it's in yeah. the room. It's not on the screen. You're in the room with it. Yeah. And that's what this film did for me as well. And it's it's just it's something that I didn't kind of cop onto as a kid, you know. Uh, but but it but it took me. It took yeah, me. Yeah. It took and the fact that there's only four minutes of a shark in the whole movie like shows yeah. that you could actually probably do this on the stage. You know, if you had to, because well, it's all about what's not shown, you know? Well, actually, there was a, um, the last time I was in Edinburgh for the full run, when it was like 2018. Yeah. Or 2019. Um, Robert Shaw's son. Robert Shaw's son was yeah. in a play called The Shark, The Shark Broke Down or something. The Shark Broke Down. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Which was all about the behind the scenes of Jaws with him playing his dad. His his uh He's the image of Trev. I think I think it was no his his, gra- his grandson or something. And no I didn't want to go see it because it was too yeah, he's the spit of him like. I think um, no, it's it it's his son. It is his son. Because he it's is his the, son, yeah. There's a famous picture of um of Ian Shaw on the set. He was one of the first non you know, production people to see the shark, which was called Bruce, I believe. Bruce, yeah, um, after his his, his lawyer, uh, after yeah. Spielberg's Scooper's lawyer, lawyer, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Th- there's a famous picture of, of a little kid like picking up the the shawl, the you know, the cover of the shark and looking under, yeah. and it's a yeah. very cute picture. And I always yeah. thought that that was a photograph of like a local kid, ah. but it it was uh, it oh. was Ian Shaw. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, and Trev, I, I I read the book as well. Yeah, me you too. Mentioned the book. I read the book. After... Look at those three creepy kids reading about. <laughs> yeah, I only and read I... it. I only read it a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really bad. Yeah, it's not a great book at all. And, and yeah, the, the it's one of those instances where the movie a hundred percent is better than the book because mm. the book doesn't have the music. The book doesn't have the Indianapolis scene. The book, yeah loses the Hooper fucking Brody's wife. Yeah. And you the book you has didn't see such the first a bad page. ending. You didn't see the first page of the book, Ed. The, the whole first page is just like two words. It's just like, dadum, 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 Oh, I thought that was a, I thought that was a misprint. Yeah. I sent, I sent that copy back. 
I read that. Dum da 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 da. Dum da 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 da. Don't perform jazz version. Yeah, it was a tropical summer retreat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. What other book? Like, what other examples of um, like, like when does it happen when the movie is better than the book? I think it happens when the book has a great concept, and this is kind of because Joe. A good elevator pitch. Yeah, exactly. Jaws is, you know, what what would happen if a great white shark, yeah, you know, came into a small uh, island community and wouldn't fuck off. Yeah. Well, and what yeah. what happens from from that point? Yeah. It, yeah. it was written very quickly, yeah. almost like a script. You know, basically on like an elevator pitch of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about this? And then he he wrote it in the space of a year. And then it was getting made within two years of that, wasn't it? It was it was yeah. quick was quick it, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it was out, and it it, it had it was a bestseller because I know on the marquee for for Jaws it said the terrifying bestseller is now a terrifying movie. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have to read it; you can just come in and watch it. You lazy people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he got like I think he got like one hundred and seventy thousand or something before it went to print like for the movie rights it was like when um jurassic it was park pre-sold yeah like they, and like, like jurassic park like that was pre-sold like but obviously michael crichton was well established he'd written some good books um but a similar done, done some good surgeries as well done some good surgeries as well and actually when you think about it a similar kind of writer like a writer who gets into the nitty-gritty like because benchley would have written like he was he was obsessed with like marine life, and he he did a lot of stuff about um about fucking fish and, and sharks and predators of the deep, and a lot like a lot of his books were just about the water and about different types mm. of predators in the water. Where Crichton was like, well, not that, but he he was very nerdy and sciencey in his books. Um, yeah, but the same crack. JP was was bought before it was even went to print. As yeah, the, the movie Benchley's book after Joe's was called Jelly, but a giant jellyfish <laughs> comes into town. Yeah, and won't, like, comes onto land and won't yeah. leave. It won't leave a bar. It just gets drunk. <laughs> and they wanted Robert Shaw to play the jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, there, there's actually uh, the, the, uh, he one of the books that I, I was looking at is um, I was looking at his his list of books and one of the last ones he wrote before he was before he died was something like it was just something stupid like the the trouble with sharks or or something like that (laughs) but it got great reviews but it was basically it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek um novel about like how sharks are sharks are problematic and how they're kind of dangerous if you swim with them um but it's like but like like 90 percent of his books are about fucking fish yeah, he uh, kind of. It's kind of like sometimes when someone's very successful at one thing, they get trapped in that one thing and they can't do anything else. Like, you know, Peter Jackson ended up making seventeen Lord of the Rings movies, <laughs> yeah. and they just got worse and worse as they went on. Well, the the prequel trilogy, if you want to call it, the prequel yeah. <laughs> Lord of the well, Rings trilogy. The original trilogy kind of technically, in my opinion, got worse and worse. Like, it's a, it's a great trilogy, but the first is the best, the second is the second best, the third is the third best. Save so. it for the Lord of the Rings pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, at yeah. least Peter Jackson made the fantastic Get Back documentary series. R- Redemption. 
But like you know, like George Lucas got just got trapped making Star Wars movies and being in Star Wars and yeah, becoming a tycoon. Like, uh, so I, I made American Graffiti and then I wrote uh, a space opera for twenty five years. Like Spielberg never got caught in that because he never made a sequel until The Lost World, which he regretted. But you know, he never made sequels. He just made different new movies constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schmart, schmart guy. Schmack guy, hey, Mr. Spielberg, you think he's got a future in the business? Uh, hey, for your consideration, he's going places, he's going places that guy. Uh, what what are we going to put forward to the fictitious Back Alley Oscars? Uh, I, I, I've got a lot of small little things, but the, yeah. the one big thing I have, which is the, you know, the, the non-nerdy t- or the non-tongue-in-cheek uh, you know, one, is just the framing. I, I, I like how he frames every shot and particularly... Mm. the scene where Schneider or uh, Briody, the chief Briody is on, is on the beach and he's looking out at the ocean and he's like nervous because he's just given the go ahead for the beaches to stay open. And he knows there's a shark out there and he keeps like looking out and he, you know, he sees the girl screaming and he looks over and he sees it's just a girl playing with her, with her boyfriend splashing in the water. And there's that like, constant back and forth and there's people mm. talking to him and he's been distracted. But, how that's ho- how that whole three or four minutes is framed it's like to your point dre it, it actually reminded me of hitchcock how he how he filmed things and how he like he went from like a wide to a close-up to a wide to a close-up mm. and then and then the shot of his brow and then back out to wide again it was really uncomfortable how, how it was staged yeah and and really like as a kid you don't notice it but now watching it as a as an adult you're like this is a fucking master at work here yeah, um, this this guy comes up on the beach and he's like, "I want to get a red zone put in, chief. Yeah, it won't take too long." And and he's not even lo- listening to him or looking yeah. at him. And Iran just finishes his co- his conversation, and fucks yeah. off. And there's the, <laughs> but there's the, but his his face is filling most of the frame. Yeah, but it's kind of in the way of the view of Brody's trying to look at the water and we're trying to look at the water and this yeah. fucking dude is just there yeah yeah talking about council zones or whatever like yeah, yeah. And, and there's a there's a um there's an effect used where you can see like it, there was like two things shot and they blended them together so you get like a a mashup of the foreground and the background and usually that doesn't something I, I i hate that effect but it worked perfectly when the, when the background and foreground are both in focus yeah, 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 and it, yeah, that's a lens. I, that's that's a, just a lens that they use. Is it just a lens? It yeah, it, it looks. Lens, um, yeah. I never like, and it's something that you see in like eighty nineties movies, and yeah. I don't I don't like it. But I just don't like the look. I I, I like it's just, it's, it. Yeah, sometimes it's used in a scene where there's a bit of tension between yeah two yeah. characters. One character's trying to leave the room for in fear of their life or something, and so they have both of them in focus. But it does look a little bit. It looks odd because that's not how the human eye perceives. I was going to say, yeah, things. yeah. We can't take stuff in like that in reality. We're always looking at one thing. Yeah. Um, so it, it's yeah. So I I never like it, but in this case, I thought it was perfect because it's the perfect place to use it. There's a guy yeah. in your face, and you're fucking focusing on the horizon and the water and what the fuck is happening out there. So I I just thought that whole four or five. I actually rewound it and watched it again as I was watching it because I just thought it was great. Um, and then it's just like stupid things like I have like like little things like like the quickest pickup I've seen in this in cinema history like, like the 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 at the start of the movie when the 
the young man meets the first victim of the shark on the beach at the party and they he walks up to her at the bonfire and talks yeah. to her for like four and a half seconds and then they just go off skinny dipping together it's like what did he say to her how did he get her <laughs> on board for that and i was watching it with the subtitles on because the kids were asleep and it just it went to like you know him talking and then the subtitles at that point was inaudible chatter <laughs> and then it, and then and then the next subtitle was sound of clothes being removed <laughs> it's like hey well, hang on a minute uh I've got the most corrupt pathologist in the history of cinema. <laughs> and I, I never noticed this character until this time I watched it where, do you know the scene where uh, Chief Brody is on the 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 car ferry thing? The Going ferry, to, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, that fucking thing, like, it's a car ferry. It, it, a water, a car ferry that only carries one car. I've never, mm. like, what, like... No wonder there's traffic on the 4th of July. Like, if, you know, how are people meant to get across or over the island? Like, you know, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> one fucking... car at a time, baby. <laughs> one car at a time, baby. Wait your turn. Wait your turn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so like, uh, he's on that one fucking ferry, th- one car ferry and the mayor gets on with his team and they're putting pressure on him, you know, to, you know, to, to, to not keep the beaches opened. Yeah. And, and he's talking to the, uh, to the pathologist, the pathologist who, yeah. who just like said it was a shark attack like an hour ago. And now he's yeah. like, I'll have to amend my reports. Uh, it wasn't a shark yeah, attack. I think, uh, I think uh, propeller boating accident. Yeah, yeah, propeller, that sounds up, good. He, he's, so, he's so sheepish. <laughs> he sells that line so well. He does, yeah, yeah. And it's like Andrea saying, like even the, 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 the bit part players and, this, and the extras are just yeah. nailing it. Like The mayor's I mean, yeah, great. Ma- the mayor... The mayor is great. Um, Do you know lot- when I was when I was a kid, I thought because there's a scene in it where it's in the in the hospital after uh, the the attack uh, on the the lake where your man gets bitten. Yeah, and yeah. Brody's son, the the cameraman, swims past him and he's terrified. Yeah, and uh, he goes, my, "My kids were on that beach too," and yeah. he looks like Robin Williams. He does I for for a while when I was younger I thought that that actor was Robin Williams's dad and he Robin Williams's dad played the mayor in Jaws <laughs> with these suits with these little anchors on them <laughs> yeah and he's he, he's kind of dressed like Patch Adams he's kind of got that like ridiculous like uh you know <laughs> cord cord jacket or whatever uh yeah. but uh, look I've got I, like I've got silly things, but like the only other thing I have is um like there's all the serious stuff, but then there's also just the best pouring of wine I've ever seen in a movie where your man brings in the red wine to to Chief Brody's house. Uh, oh, he d- pours like a pint. He pours yeah. a pint of wine and, and like and like it's like it's like something you do with the it's like it's like something you do with a fucking like at the EP, you know. It's like I'm going around with, with your pint of wine, but I saw uh, I, I saw when I because I just thought that was ridiculous, I, I was Googling that scene. And apparently, or as it turned out, Schneider and uh, Dreyfus, they were drinking real wine and they didn't tell the production uh, per, or the, the, the prop person that somebody just snuck a bottle of wine on set that day. And as mm-hmm. they were as they were filming, they got progressively drunk as the scene went on. And Spielberg was like, hey guys, this is gold. This is brilliant. <laughs> the acting is perfect. Uh, but they were, no, they were pissed at the end of it. Like it was good crack. And it was, and it was, the one scene that apparently they were comfortable kind of acting the bollocks and drinking in because Shaw wasn't there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, dr- he would be drunk in every other scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I have is just, again, I noticed that when I was watching it, 
like and I, I don't know if this is for your consideration but it just it's just a general thing i appreciate about the film is they nailed the whole feeling of the town because mm. the more i think about a jaws or a horror film and i'm calling it a horror film it's got it's probably got 10 different tags you can put on it but this idea of like the one thing you need in these kind of movies is is a small town because the town needs to feel like the world like it, it needs to be totally yeah. isolated and cut off from the world and the fact that it's an island like the fact that you have that like one one car ferry thing that we talked about like that's your connection your tether to the to the mainland uh, it just it really makes it feel like just you're insulated you're in this little bubble and all this shit is happening to like everybody and when when the town feels cut off you as a viewer feel like you're a part of that world and it's like when you look at a, a carpenter movie or or, or scream or, or or any of these movies it, it it always is in a small town and they never reference the wider world they always keep it to that small town and mm. i never thought of that when i was watching jaws before and it just became very apparent when i was watching it the other night um so yeah i just thought they nailed that whole feel of of, of amneville and like I, I didn't realize that it was it was shot in Martha's Vineyard, and I only know that because well, I could I, I would have known it from googling it, but I knew it because a guy I worked with, um, his family had a holiday house there, and they used to travel there a lot, uh, so he just knew so much about Jaws, and so and they, their thing was they they'd go over and every year in Martha's Vineyard, one of the nights they'd watch Jaws, and that was their little kind of family thing, which kind of sounded like a cool little tradition to have, um, mm. but yeah, apparently like, but from talking to him, like the, the feel of Amni. Uh, is it Amity? What, what the fuck is it called? Amity. 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 Um, the people and the feel, like they, they nail it. Like because in well, Amity, Vineyard, as you know, means friendship, Trev. Hey, friendship town. Everyone knows everyone's <laughs> business. Uh, but yeah, apart like you know, f- from talking to a guy who knows people that live in Martha's Vineyard and know those kind of islander people, you know, the look and the feel and the way people communicate and interact with each other was perfect. Apparently. Um, but yeah, what about what about you guys? What, what are we putting forward to the uh, to the back alley Oscars? I've got, like as I said before, like amazing group acting, great mm. drowning, great drowning, <laughs> and and fear in the water. <laughs> you know that scene where they all go in, they all decide to as a group. Yeah, we're, we're going in. We're going in. We know when we know there might be sharks, and then we we'll go in. We we'll go in. Hey, yeah. um, <laughs> and they all go in. Yeah. Uh, but then the panic starts when those kids, you know, are pretending to be a shark. Oh, yeah. Might come, in to come back to that as a flaw. But, like, I don't know how those kids stayed alive for as long as they did. Good swimmers. There was, like, 25 guns pointed at them by the time they popped their heads up. Surely yeah. They, yeah. Th- they, should have been, they should have been shot long before that. Um, yeah. I would have shot them. Best blood <laughs> in water explosions. Yes. You yes. know, without yeah. without yeah. being too gory, it's it's just like it's kind of perfect. Actually, and the blood the blood was quite realistic for for the era because like seventies movies, yeah. remember like like Dirty Harry, which was seventy one, mm. couple of years before. The blood in that is like just this ketchup, ketchup, bright red paint. This was like yeah, yeah this looked like real proper blood. I know what you're thinking. Did I use Heinz or did I use Chef ketchup? <laughs> no, it was neither. Pierce Brosnan's Dirty Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, though, Dre, to your point on the on the on the blood, Spielberg was so happy with the with the blood that they were using. He insisted 
on nobody wearing red or having any red scenery in any of the on any of the shots because he wanted to accentuate um the the blood because he was so happy with how it was coming up on the on on the camera what, so what he, a smart little 26 year old he was what what a hey what a doll what a, what a doll what, what a doll a, what Spielberg. a doll yeah mm. <laughs> yeah 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 god i've got i've got yeah, one himself, more himself and pt anderson sa- same age making their second movie oh my god <sighs> wankers i'm yet to make my first <laughs> <laughs> someday i've got w- one more back alley oscar it is um best unnecessary demands of a child in hospital um, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. when the kid's yeah. in hospital um, for shock and his mom comes in and asks him if he wants anything he asks for cars and coffee <laughs> yeah yeah cars <laughs> and coffee yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah, makes yeah. the demands of like kid. a man in his 50s who has dementia yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, 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 get yeah. me a Ford Fiesta and a latte <laughs> yeah something like Jerry McClarkson would ask for uh, <laughs> yeah Paula was actually oh, furious Paula came in uh, midway and she saw the scene right before that where the boy was on the boat on the boat when the shark came in yeah and then like the younger brother was playing on the beach right beside the water and mm. the whole time Paul is just saying like where are the parents like what what's going on <laughs> like like the, the 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 chief of police who in like three scenes before was told that mo and came from his li- actually no he wasn't told it came from his lips that most shark attacks happened in three foot of water most of them he tells his kids to get out of the deep water and get into the pond in the over yeah. on the right that is about yeah. three four foot of water so he's directing them towards where the shark will attack and the other fucking kids just mooching around making sandcastles like you know very laissez-faire parenting um yeah. amidst uh, about, a shark, about to a be eaten demic. by a land shark <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. sand shark you ever seen shark. a sand shark <laughs> oh. yeah um but paulo paulo and it was funny paula came in at the scene where Hooper and Brody are talking to the mayor in front of the big billboard for Amityville um, or whatever the hook, saying, you know, don't don't do this. You know, you're you're crazy. But during that scene, it's actually like a perfect three minute recap of the entire movie. And it's like Spielberg did it on purpose for anyone coming in or not really concentrating maybe people that got frazzled by all the shark attacks and kind of forgot what's happening it's this perfect little scene in the middle of the movie that recaps the entire movie and i only noticed it because paula came in and paula hasn't seen seen jaws since she's like fucking seven she hasn't seen it in years and she forgets a lot she just knows that it's about a shark but she doesn't really know the story and she sat down at that scene and in three minutes she's like i got this i i know everything i need to know it's a perfect little scene but anyway um what about what about you, Ed? Do you have anything for the for the back of the Oscars? Y'all know me, know how much I love this movie. Um, well, just I mean, it's not really a back of the Oscar because it's quite well celebrated. But yeah, Robert Shaw as Quint, perfect yes. introduction. I'm so glad they didn't introduce him laughing his ass off at Moby Dick. Yeah, but his <laughs> his introduction and just in the way you're talking about framing. Mm. Uh, there's framing, but there's also camera movement because that that whole scene where the townspeople yeah. are talking, and you have this like to your point, Trev. I did notice that the community aspect setting setting up Amity Island as this place 
where you see these familiar faces like Harry, the old yeah. man who's like, you know, we heard about you, chief. You don't like the water. Mm. And yeah. that, that woman with the glasses who's like, you know, I don't I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny at all. You know, yeah. all these little personalities, even when he's going in to buy stuff to make the beach clothes signs, he comes in and there's a dude having a conversation with the guy in the shop and you, you mm. can you hear that conversation as Brody's yeah. getting so kinda it sets the whole thing. So yeah. in that scene where everyone's like giving out and it's static shots and then you have the the clawing <laughs> and I guess Quint drew that shark and jaw yeah. before yeah. Yeah. before he drew his All he was missing there. was a dollar sign beside the shark. Ten thousand dollars. Because I always you'd always just kind of take that for granted, but yeah, he obviously yeah. drew he drew the shark. And then the, the camera slowly moves <laughs> to prove up. that he knows what a shark is. <laughs> I know what a See, shark that's, is. That's See, what it is. If you look that's here to I'm, my right, yeah. that's what I'm gonna catch. That's what I'm gonna catch. But the camera the camera moves towards him. Mm. And a guy kind of leans over, and then it moves, uh, kind of to the left, but it keeps going yeah. up towards him as he's speaking. And when it cuts to Brody and them listening, the camera's moving towards them. So suddenly, there's like, there's movement, and that's like, but the Indianapolis speech and his introduction is like seven minutes of screen time. Yeah. And you know we're all comedians, and comedians talk about a tight seven, but like. To have such a perfect introduction where, yeah. you know, at the end of it, he's like, you know, let you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. The whole damn thing. And he leaves with his mate who's never seen again. And yeah. then, and and <laughs> yeah. yeah, like his Indianapolis speech, which is something that independent of the movie I've watched just on YouTube, you know, they have yeah. a clip of it on YouTube as one of the, like, like, it's like a textbook great acting moment yeah. like it's really yeah. there, there's like there's big stuff in it but there's subtle things that he does in it and I, I i i watched it this time around with headphones on and i went oh there's music in the in, in the indianapolis scene not at the very beginning but yeah. as he's talking about you know so oh, 1100 men went in the water and the music starts to kind of get a little bit yeah, yeah. and that there's yeah. another thing for back alley oscars which i know it I think it won the Oscar for John Williams, did it? Yeah, it, yeah, it was the second Oscar after um, Fiddle on the Roof. It was oh, the yeah, second. He's, yeah, Fiddle on the Roof is his first one. Yeah, because yeah. um, the music is great, now, and it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not like obviously the um, uh, the dun, 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 dun is the famous thing, but that's used very sparingly. It is, yeah. I only yeah. noticed that like the whole barrel scene when they're like zipping around following yeah. the. Very, and I, I know, like, I shouldn't say very Spielbergian because it's very Williams-esque, but because he writes... Well, they're, yeah, they're kind of linked. They're in cahoots, like, yeah. But it just feels like you're, it could be like, and I don't want to say Indiana Jones, but it could be one of those movies. Like, it, it kind of goes into an adventure mode yeah. when they're after the shark. Yeah, going to get the shark. Everything's like, good. That's, that's, that's the best kind of music. That's the sort of... You know, when I was like uh, 13 and I got a cassette tape with the best yeah. of Johnny Williams and yeah. they had like the, the suite from Jaws and the Out to Sea and that yeah. kind of, that music was like, wow, this yeah. is great. Cause like, if that, yeah, if that movie was made now, it'd be like Zimmer kind of stuff where it'd be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, where it's actually very hopeful and happy. And yeah. I don't think they do. They don't. Hey, I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but they don't. They don't write them like they used to. You know. Hey, what what can I say? I'm a I'm an old I'm an old uh, traditional OSD at heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but, it's yeah, just, no. It's just you know, it's themes and uh, it's the tone that Williams yeah. gets so well. And like, in fairness to Hans Zimmer, he gets the tone of the movies that he does scores yeah, for. Yeah. But also, a lot of the movies he does scores for are like weird sci-fi movies or... Yeah, I couldn't imagine Williams doing Doom. Batman. Like, that'd be... It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, up to the spicy sand place. It'd be a different, uh, different soundtrack. Uh, I, I also, speaking of like framing and everything, I just have great direction and I, like, and obviously he's a director, so you'd like to think he's a good director, but uh, how the action scenes are directed and it blocked, it's very clear and easy to understand what's happening because there's a lot of little things happening when they're shooting the barrels and the shark is coming and they're attacking and there's lots of little quick takes of various things that's going on when they're mm. running back, you know, into the, into the, onto the deck off deck back and forth and even like i noticed this time around how much like uh, maybe three or four times where the camera hangs on the air canisters like throughout the movie foreshadowing yeah and like if you're watching for the first time you just think whatever it's an air canister but now knowing what happens at the end you're kind of going is it too much or maybe it's not but at the very at the very least i'm appreciating the fact that he kind of set that up and um and, and even that that explosion at the end is getting more of the Travis trivia, but the the original script had them killing the shark like the way they killed Moby Dick, so they were going to harpoon him to death, but they thought it would be too slow and this kind of iterative process of just like gradually killing him. So they said, mm. "No, we need something for the for the for the cinema goers. We need a big bang at the end." Like, um, like the and, like the book was yeah was was similar. They just yeah. they were just like shooting it and harpooning it and throwing ice cream cones at it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. bags of Banana salt. Skins. We need more explosions. <laughs> yeah. We need overfeeding more, uh, it. Boom booms. Too much fish food. And it just it just it just dies. They just keep like f- yeah. hammering away at it and then it just kind of dies. And it's real. I remember reading the book going oh, because I read the book after the movie expecting a big explosion, which isn't very yeah. exciting yeah. in a book, you know. And, Bro- and Brody's then there, the and then only there was a big explosion. Well. Sorry, Brody's the only survivor in the book as well. Yes, yeah. Cooper, Hooper yeah. Gets Cooper dies. Yeah. Cooper dies in the cage, doesn't mm. he? <clears throat> Which I think was yeah. was He's originally the in the script, but yeah. the the what what happened there? The footage was they sent they got a small like a short actor. Sorry, they yeah. got a short stunt double who was a yeah. jockey. And they put him down in the cage, and apparently they didn't give yes, tiny man. They didn't give him like oh god, one of the one of the divers didn't give him enough oxygen in his tank because he didn't think that little people, his words, <laughs> breathed the same amount as as big people as yeah as bigger people. So okay. he did wow. yeah. This is this was learn a, something every day. Yeah, in a behind-the-scenes interview, I was like, "Is he? Is he for real?" And who said that? Spielberg? Or no, uh, I don't know who it was who said like it. Like a stunt coordinator or something like someone like that. Whoever's I think in he, charge he, of, of the dive of kind of expert, up. I suppose. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, the actor Carl Rizzo 
the stunt guy, he panicked because he was put down with real sharks mm. and the sharks attacked wow. the cage and he was freaking out and obviously breathing very fast and was using up the oxygen that they got that footage, which is really good. And then they didn't want to put him back in the water again because they needed him to be small so that the shark looked what 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 was the That's size crazy. of the shark in the film it was meant to be like 100 foot or uh, tw- it's a 20, 20 footer 20 footer so they in order for the for the shark to look so big they needed him to be smaller but uh. then they thought then they just didn't want to put your man back in the water because of how risky that was so they just went right okay so uh he just He's hiding for a while, and then he comes <laughs> yeah. up at the end. <laughs> yeah, and they both paddle yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. He, hide, a bit of he a hides behind the sea tree. They paddle off like little boy the scouts at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, I, like if be like Schneider kills the shark on his own. He, it's kind of like a a solo victory. Mm. So why do you need like? And then the, drive us to pop up out like yeah, a cork out of the ocean like the, and the man who's oh geez that was some crack wife. wasn't it because <laughs> yeah 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 because it's a yeah. movie i guess i mean you can't have him yeah. just like he's going to kill the shark and then go yay i did it directly into camera go i killed the shark my name is Keen. And I'm James. And we host Sissy That Pod. Sissy That Pod is a fun, informative and comprehensive companion podcast into the world of the queer and colourful cultural behemoth that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Join us every week as we cover the current season of the show, All Star 7, through the eyes of two queer Irish fans. Or scour through our back catalogue wherever you get your podcasts or on headstuffpodcast.com to check out the other seasons we've covered. But for now, start your engine. It's time to crown an ultimate queen. If we could dovetail into cutting room floor, seeing as we're on the topic of yep. tiny men in cages pretending to be... What a nice segue, Ed. Let's yeah. talk about cutting room to floor. To be Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene is... I would cut that. Even though, like, yeah. I, to be honest, I think Jaws is pretty much a perfect movie. Mm. Um, but re-watching it... That scene where Quinn's like, well, what exactly can you do with these doohickeys that you get here, Hooper? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they have the whole putting the cage uh, together and lowering them down. And I don't know, I just yeah. kind of, I just felt it was sort of kind of unnecessary. I guess it's necessary in the sense yeah. that it shows how smart the shark is and like a crazy old grizzled sea dog with a fucking harpoon and yeah. uh, a very barrels. a very high alcohol to blood ratio uh, <laughs> can't kill it. Neither can, uh, you know, some uh, scientist who's just trying to get his name in the National yeah. Geographic. Or um, a cop with a pretty hefty handgun. Yeah, exactly. Like that, 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 like opened, that opened his like side. The three like six times. different types of men. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The sea dog, the scientist, and the cop. But I just, yeah. I, I felt it was kind of, and I don't know, it's probably because I've watched it so much that when it got to that point, I was like, all oh, right, so after this, we have the big finale. Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been, because they've already foreshadowed the, the tank, and he's like, be careful with these. Um, yeah. So maybe if they just were like, if 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 the shark just attacked the way it does and killed 
both Hooper and Quint. I'd be okay yeah. with just Brody yeah. surviving. Um, because it is a bit silly. He goes down and he could have he could have uh, he could have eaten Hooper and Quint at the same time, kind of like a a club sandwich. Yeah. You know, um. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Exactly. With a bit of bit of boat in the middle and a stick through them. <laughs> but I think ge- delicious. I, I think genuinely Quint is the only one that I don't want to die. Yeah, but is he a villain? That's what I was I was trying to think of this when I was watching it. Like, like I love him and he's brilliant, but like, yeah. is he a villain in the piece? He's no. yeah, because he does go a bit mad and he br- breaks the radio so they can't call for help, and then he blows the engine. Yeah, and he knows he's going to blow the engine, and if he just slowed down a little bit, they might have been able to to drown the shark. But then, yeah. I mean, I suppose we're getting into stuff that. Because I've watched it so much, and Bit I was of a just suicide mission for the revenge of the Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I know, and like those were tiger sharks, not even great whites. Yeah, yeah. Unless he saw him there, he's like, I recognize he was wearing the same hat, chief. He, yeah, no shark wears the same hat like that. But like, <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. because what 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 was great about the the movie and still is great about the movie is that when they go out to sea, they're out to sea. They never cut back to Amity Island. They never cut back to even when Brody's uh, wife radios and he's like, "We haven't seen much. Uh, we'll bring got some kippers. We'll bring it back for supper." Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't just, cut to her in her yeah, exactly, in her, yeah, in her house looking out at the horizon. So for like the last fifty odd minutes of the movie is just set at sea, and I was thinking yeah. the shark's been in the shallows eating people along the beachfront, but for the last two days or however long they're out at sea he's just been out at sea with these lads yeah yeah so it's fourth of july he he wants to stretch his legs going a bit of a yeah you know, a, like, a long weekend but are they leading him away or you know what i mean it's like wh- why yeah, would he hang yeah. around if he's a big fish you just might swim back to shore and true yeah you know was, yeah he's surely he's hungry there was a yeah. an actor i think she, she was either an extra or a stunt coordinator on the film who later became like a kind of marine biologist type of thing. And she kind of spent the rest of her life trying to correct the image of sharks. Yeah. So oh. so she said uh, that sharks have all different personalities, you know. A sh- one shark could be shy and swim away from, mm. you know, people and everything. Then you could have the the bully shark and the shark that just yeah. just randomly attacks or whatever. Interesting. So she's trying to correct that. But yeah. I think with with this film, yeah, that they, they turned him into a proper character that had a vendetta against yeah. the town. Which which is what makes it scarier because if it's just yeah. about a shark a random shark attack, you know, it's that's not scary. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. in theory like they they go out to they go out far into sea and they find the shark again so he's the shark is following them so it's almost like the shark is out to get Brody you know like or yeah, you know like yeah. or one of them um like I remember watching it going could they not just lead the shark to an enemy town an enemy town like what yeah. a you know the next <laughs> yeah, tourist yeah. town over so they can go no Shelbyville. there's no sharks over here the sharks <laughs> over there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or swap the signs of the towns so the shark will think he's in Amityville <laughs> if if he is smart enough to read signs. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 
the um what i have to cut and again it, because i do think it's a almost perfect film yeah I, it's nitpicking so i have like exactly yeah there's a really bad cut when they're after the the shark has kind of circled around them a few times and he's you know played kind of hide and seek with them and they've tried a few barrels with them and um, there's a bit where i think i think it's after they shoot like one or two barrels but he's still kind of swimming and he's going under and they want to hang around for a while and wait for the shark to come back and it cuts to schneider or brody and he he's standing out on that kind of like deck or the the plank thing that they use for shooting off mm. he's standing out on that stick of wood and he's talking to to quint and he's saying um we should radio out to get a bigger boat but like at that line it just cuts and it oh, kind yeah, of like fades f- out fades out yeah i noticed it's that just, yeah it's such a weird just such a weird like fade out it's uh, it's like something happened after it or, or they, they they couldn't they didn't have something to stitch scene a to scene b so they just yeah, kind of cut yeah. it and went so that was a bit weird um well why then, pro- why pro- didn't they probably. bring a bigger boat they should have brought, why didn't they bring, why didn't they need a bigger boat why didn't they bring a bigger boat well, why didn't they bring they the biggest that, bloody boat they had yeah. yeah i guess they didn't think the shark was as, as smart but I'd say yeah. that, I'd say that fade out scene. I, I, I actually did notice that myself, where he's like, "Yeah, he's like, are you going to radio in for a bigger boat, right? We got to get a big." And it fades and the, out. Yeah, yeah, the scene fades and out. Do, yeah, it's it's. it's but bizarre. then it's like, I mean, they had such a fucking nightmare. Like yeah. Spielberg still has nightmares. He said about Jaws. Yeah, because yeah. he was like constantly on edge, on edge, constantly mm-hmm. about to be fired. And oh yeah, months months over over schedule. You know, it was like a nightmare. Yeah, he thought like he literally thought he'd never work in this town again. <laughs> like that was literally his. Uh, yeah, um, the, like the other stuff I I have, and it's not cutting room floor. It's more maybe things I don't understand. It's like, like, and this is actually something Paula said when she was watching it. Like when they go out, like before they before they go out with um, Quint, um. Hooper and Brody do a little kind of like exploration out into yeah. the water to see where the shark is. And when they go out in the water, they're talking about the shark and Hooper is saying, you know, oh, it, you know, don't worry, like it's fine. But then in the same sentence, he's saying, oh, it's a night feeder and um, he attacks mostly at nighttime and oh, he's just been here. And then next thing he's suiting up to get into the water to dive in to investigate a wrecked, a wreckage yeah. that was obviously wrecked by the shark. And like, why is he get? Why is he getting in the water? And I know it's kind of that horror thing where you're like, God, oh, don't get in the water, or don't go up the stairs, or don't go here. But it's just, so, it's so fucking stupid. Like, it just, just doesn't make any sense. Why was the, Why did the shark kill Ben Gardner and not eat him? And not eat him? Yeah, because Quint yeah. killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, allegedly it's a conspiracy. Yeah, and then there's, there's no, a bit there's no where meat in the head. <laughs> he sucked yeah, all yeah, the meat yeah. out. Yeah. Everybody knows that, Ed. It's like when you, when you leave the chicken, the, the chicken wing bones on the plate. There's no yeah. meat in the head. He sucked the an wing. eyeball out. That's about <laughs> it. Uh, and there's two. There's two other things I've on my notes here. One is just a silly thing where when they're on the boat and the shark attacks, and the lifeguard starts blowing his whistle. Brody shouts up at the lifeguard and says, "No whistles." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It only arouses the sharks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They love they love music. They love whistles. They'll be dancing here all we night. Don't want, we yeah. don't want, we don't want these bathers getting eaten and fucked by the shark. Yeah, and it's kind of like a Jurassic Park thing where like 
you know, nobody like like the whole T Rex. You know, he doesn't see if you don't move. That's all bullshit. Like that's made up for the movie. But it's like he likes to do these things with like put these little things on animals. Like if you do this, you'll do this, or if you do that, you'll be okay. Yeah. It, it, was that is that what he was doing with Jaws? Like was there some sub thing written? Well, I, I think he did, I think he didn't want whistles because he didn't want to panic people. On, okay. On the beach. Yeah. Even though he wanted them to get off. But he wanted them all out, out of the, the water, water and onto the beach. But yeah, yeah. 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 But it was a weird line. And then the last thing I have is when Quint is in his boat at the start when they, when they first go on their on their shark killing exercise. Like they have a fishing rod out in the water. Like like can you catch a shark with a fishing rod? <clears throat> yep. Can you? Yeah. That's like, why that's why you had I love actually love that bit where there's like a little when he's strapping up when he's strapping up and he's hooking two hooks to oh, himself and he's sit, sitting the the rod in this little uh this little wheelie kind of thing i love that because i was like when i saw that for the first time i was like holy shit he's gonna try and fucking wheel <laughs> his fish in yeah i guess yeah. well I, I think at that point he didn't think it was uh as big a 20 25 footer chief 25 footer yeah, yeah. No, I just, like, like he, he, he knew it was bigger than a tiger shark, so we, and they assumed it was a great white. So I just thought it was funny that he, he had a fishing rod. But hey, I'm not a marine biologist, so what the fuck do I know? Um, <laughs> anything else that we want to call well, or don't understand? Well, well, what you do is you you don't like you don't hook it and wheel it in. You hook it. You let and it go off it. a bit. You bring it back. You tire it out, and you get it so tired that you can just fucking hit it with a hammer or something you tire out the fish it's not like it's not like you pick up the shark and you bang its head off a rock yeah (laughs) it's like when it when it's tired enough when it's tired enough yeah 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 yeah. and then you but you got it and then you got to get straight onto the barbie uh because you 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 don't want that uh fish to go too too off you know um any other cuts any other things we don't understand i thought i thought it was very funny how they're out in the sea you know they're they're going out there basically to be the heroes of the town and save the day and kill this shark Mm. they're not even out i'd say five hours and they all just get locked in the boat (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) you know what i mean and start compare and you know that's where the 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 famous indianapolis scene is and you Mm. know comparing of scars and stuff yeah but they're just why did they bring so much alcohol on, the, yeah. on well, this were, trip? He was written. He was writing his writer, wasn't he? He was like two cases of rum or two cases of whatever <laughs> it is, and three caviar and lobster tail. And he, he's such an expensive writer no, for a fucking, no mates. Uh, I don't want anyone sharing my caviar, my booze. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is a bit of Dre's delights, but I don't know if you know that that uh, Robert Shaw was pissed for. A lot, all of that scene, but then they mix. He he felt bad oh, and yeah. embarrassed about recording it when he was drunk. You know, he thought he had kind of made a show of himself. He kind of asked, "I'm going to have a few drinks during, you know, before this scene, and kind of so that I'm authentically drunk or whatever." He anyway felt like he made a show of himself and did the same scene the following day, and it was perfect. But when they actually went back and, and looked at the, the rushes or whatever, both days were perfect that 
in that scene now that's in the actual film, there are cuts between him being locked and him being sober that were shot on two different days. Yeah, I actually, I actually noticed that because, um, yeah, the the angle changes during that speech, mm. and I figured yeah. because there's like three actors and a cameraman and a sound man and the director yeah. and probably a lighting guy uh, on a small boat, there's n- yeah. there's no way that that was all just one take. They had to, you know, yeah. If if the angle changes, that was yeah. That was a separate take or separate day. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah, because the, the, the common story is that, yeah, he he was so drunk he couldn't do it, and then he was all apologies to little Stevie Spielberg. Mm. And Mr. Spielberg, I'm sorry for, for ruining your little play comedy. Come in, let me come in tomorrow and I'll do, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all, like all yeah. of that good shit only comes out of the fact that the shark wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah, they stupidly tested it in fresh, fresh water, water. Yeah. not salt water. Idiots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I got, I got, yeah. a, I got an Ed's Easter egg that's not in the IMDb trivia page. Go for at it. At least the ones that I didn't see. Are we on to Trev's trivia and Ed's Easter eggs and Trey's <laughs> delight? We, tri- we like to pepper our trivia throughout this. Uh, we're not there yet, but go for it. Uh, the. A uh, person who played the first victim of Joe's at the beginning, the skinny yeah. dipping drunken teen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She went on to become an animal trainer and she trained the bear that Ben Burt recorded sound for and used as the basis of Chewbacca's voice in Star Wars. No way. Yes, away. Oh, that's a good one. That's my Ed's Easter egg for and you. Do you know what? That's really funny because in the mm. when they first started, Steven Spielberg uh, thought that he could find someone who trained sharks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may like, as well call the movie Cats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they thought they could just like rock up to Sea World and have somebody in there like a shark wrangler. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so that that put a spanner in the works. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want them to sit. I want them to, you know, beg for food. Yeah. Uh, and pretend to eat uh, Quinn, but not actually eat him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can they Just do that? chew them with their gums? Yeah. The uh, your one. Uh, I have her name here, Susan uh, Backlini or Backlini is that her name? She, the girl that 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 got killed in the first scene uh, that you're yes. saying went on to be a trainer. She also was in. Um, Spielberg so I'm, I'm looking for the, oh, 1941 he, he had a comedy mm. that he brought out a couple of years later and he got her back because he wanted to parody that scene and he got her to play the same character no in way. that scene uh, yeah I've never and seen 1941 when, I haven't either no and when she was <clears throat> when she was in the water like being pulled left and right they actually did that with loads of pulleys so they had lots of yeah. like straps and pulleys under the water and it was just elbow grease, just pulling her left and right, back and forth, up and down, yeah. um, for hours on end. And they they wouldn't tell her when they were going to pull because they wanted her to be obviously scared of being thrown back and forth and being trashed by the by the shark. But uh, yeah, it's good. Spiel- good to... Spielberg did the final pull of like the death pull when she was finally like gobbled up. Oh, oh did he? Yeah, he did. The, he did that. He did that last tug. <clears throat> uh-huh. wasn't the first time he pulled a woman on set. Hey, am I right? There was a lot of writing that went on during oh, yeah. the, the filming of this. Yeah, really? well, Do because tell. it because it was a holiday town, 
my God, all the actors were just riding all around them. Apparently, the only people that didn't ride all around them were Spielberg and I think his first AD because they were just so anxious <laughs> and like stressed out about the film that every night they would just go back to their hotel suite or wherever they were staying and they were just talking through everything. And yeah. everyone else was just riding all the young ones. Who... Shaw heading to the pub. Yeah, oh. big time. <laughs> I'll show you my head. I'll show you my <laughs> the whole damn thing. <laughs> no, Spielberg was was a was Don't a you get was the a very, bones, was a very you get good the boy. Head. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that's that. the other thing I noticed when I was watching this actually, and it is more uh, this is under the eagle eye trev section, because um, <laughs> I was watching it in uh, HD for the first time. I noticed the shooting stars um, in the background of some of the shots, yeah. particularly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like did you did you notice it when you were watching it? I, like, only, just, uh, I only noticed yeah. one. There's two yeah, in w- kind of quick succession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and all the evening per- kind of. Yeah, apparently like they're real dusk shots. Mm. They're real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're real. They're um, they're real meteorites that that fell uh, yeah. at the time of shooting, um, which is pretty big. cool. And then Spielberg, yeah, wanted to put them in to. Oh no! It yeah. wasn't. Sorry, who, who? It was uh, in Titanic. They put in the fake stars, didn't they? Yeah, no, but, but yeah, Sp- Spielberg does put in like a shooting star into most of his movies. If yeah, can, beca- if it because makes of sense. that. Because of that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went with um, that instead of a giant shark. <laughs> yeah. Catch me uh, if you can. Quotes. <laughs> yeah, shooting star just. Yeah. Uh, uh, favorite quotes. I I just have a uh, here's to swimming with bow legged women. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite quote. I like. Um, well, I never put on a life jacket again, Jeeve. Kind of sum, yeah. sums them up. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah. My favorite one was just, uh, it was one from the shark. It was nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. His favorite song, baby. Shark, 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 shark. I have a shark, 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 shark. Grow uh, up, shark. But it's crazy. Like, and look, you know, anyone that's listening to this are probably aware of the all the issues and production crap that went on but uh, there's loads of trivia but actually the the best way of just encapsulating all the shit that went wrong is with uh, a quiz is actually from is it with a quiz uh, yeah yeah no no the, we're gonna we're gonna re, we're gonna bring back the quiz uh, no it's it's there's a paragraph on IMD or in sorry in Wikipedia and it just it just nails everything in like a, a couple of sentences and. Uh, you you guys probably know this, but for the for the benefit of of our listeners, let me just read this out. Um, so okay, problems during production. So shooting at sea led to many delays, unwanted sailboats drifting into frame, cameras getting soaked, and the orca once began to sink with the actors on board. The prop sharks frequently malfunctioned, owing to a series of problems, including bad weather, uh, pune- punemic. Oh, I can't say that word. Hoses, punemic hoses, uh, taken into salt water, frames facturing. Due to water resistance, corroding skin, uh, blah 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 blah. Loads, loads of stuff with the shark. The skin was non-absorbent. Blah blah blah. Like it was, it was sinking constantly. Spielberg later calculated that during the twelve-hour daily work schedule, on average, only four hours were actually spent filming. Yes. Um, yeah, it's crazy. The actors frequently were seasick. 
Shaw also fled to Canada whenever he could due to tax problems. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I got got to go across the border, Chief. Uh, <laughs> can't be paying all that PRSI. Um, he engaged in binge drinking constantly and developed a grudge against Dreyfus. I knew that. Uh, who was who had just been getting rave reviews for his performance in Daddy in Duddy Kravitz. Um, Editor Verna Fields rarely had any material to work with during principal photography. And as according to Spielberg, she would, we would shoot five scenes on a good day, three in an average day and none on a bad day. So they'd shoot nothing on a bad day, which is crazy. But I, the, the Dreyfus-Shaw uh, rivalry was one that I always laughed at. And I remember when Dreyfus was on the Late Late Show yeah. a couple of years mm. ago. He was talking about it, and there was there was one moment when Shaw they, they were so like pigeon chesting each other, where and Shaw was just constantly winning, and he was constantly saying things like, you know, he was calling him like a fat mess, and uh, why don't you get why don't you get in shape? I'm half your you're, you're half my age, and you're twice my weight. And uh, at one point, he dared him to stand up onto the the what, what's that thing at the top the the cock Rose view nest. or the rent. The crow's nest, the cock view. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, a different bird, part of the boat, Trev. The bird, the bird's eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The cock view um, is in in the down in the in the brig. Yeah, yeah. I show you the head. Uh, but he he dared Dreyfus to get up into the to, into the bird's nest and dive off into the water and do like a flip. <laughs> and Dreyfus was going to do it, and then Spielberg found out, and he was like, "Guys, what the fuck he's doing? This is a." We're working here. You can't do that. Insurance You're break your leg. It. Yeah, yeah, insurance won't cover this shit. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Tra- did you notice? Oh, go on. Dre. Dre's Delights. Trace cutting is, in. Dre's Delights. I, I have one here that I don't know if you know mm, about. Go for it. Um, remember we used to talk about the the Star Wars Gunner? Yeah. Mm. So this the Star Wars Gunner is actually a Star Wars Gunner in this film. I think. <laughs> so. Interesting, and for any <laughs> any new listeners, the Star Wars Gunner is yeah. a, 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 a character who does something in the film, and the film basically doesn't happen without this character doing this thing. So, if this person doesn't do this thing, the whole movie wow. can't happen. Callback. I totally and forgot this, about the Star Wars. And this Gunner. Star Wars, this Star yeah. Wars Gunner is not actually in the film, but uh, <laughs> he's one of the reasons why the film happens the way it does. Um, George Lucas was visiting the set to visit his friend Steven Spielbergo and the two of them went in to have a look at Bruce the shark and uh, George Lucas climbed into the mouth of the shark and uh, broke the mouth trying to get a picture of his big fat arse (laughs) and it was one of the one of the many things that stopped production and meant that they had to you know, wow. not not you know, do a day of shooting without the shark. Mm. Oh my god! So that I will, I will say, in nineteen seventy four, George Lucas did not have a big fat arse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does now, but yeah, back then he yeah. was quite skinny. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just little, in case we're, you're worried about fat shaming. <laughs> yeah, Georgie. Did any did anyone notice <laughs> Georgie? Did anyone notice that? Uh, Peter Benchley is actually in the movie. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's the guy, the reporter on the beach talking about, you know, he waves all the people here, but they're all affected by one thing, a shock or whatever the dialogue ah. is. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's Peter Benchley. Um, apparently, the other script writer, because obviously, like, Benchley wrote the book, but two wrote the script, Benchley and somebody else. The other guy is in the movie as well, and I didn't note it down. I just read it and immediately forgot about it. He's so the deputy. He's, a, he's the deputy to the mayor, is he? No, no, he's yeah. the chief of police. He's Brody's deputy. Oh, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Carl oh, okay, Gottler. okay, okay. Okay, okay. There you go. Cute, yeah, cute yeah. man. I would like to pay respects to somebody. So the the mother the mother of the second victim, the little boy, um, the kidnapper, that boy. actress Lee Fierro, she died mm. uh, from of coronavirus. COVID. Oh, really? In 2020. Jesus. And she she died in a, in a, in in a nursing home. But up until recent years, when she was out and about, because she she still lived. She she lived in the town where it was shot and oh. continued to live there. And it became part of her life where people would, you know, voyage. <laughs> people would visit the town specifically, you know, to find her and ask her to slap them across the face. And she said she did it every time. <laughs> She's with pleasure, with pleasure. And it gave her it gave her a thrill. She had to slap them. Uh. Um, she had to slap Brody seventeen times no because they way. couldn't get the right, you know, sound and pitch <laughs> of the slap. Yeah, <laughs> and she the was minute, going the minute you harder said that, and harder. The minute you said that, it's like she had to slap Brody seventeen times. Did she? Well, she didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have to. Yeah, <laughs> she, she didn't get on with Roy Schneider. It's <laughs> yeah, a whole other yeah, story. Yeah. The um, well, that's sad. Well, rest in peace. So, that, yeah. The scene, the scene Respect. when she's looking for her son. Uh, it's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like you, you, I know. It's I, even as a kid, I remember your heart sinks for her yeah. when you're just watching her calling it for. Is it Alex or whatever the son's name is? Oh, I um, can't remember. Horrible. Yeah. The, no, it, that that child was was out in the ocean, obviously for real, and was wearing you know one of those blood guns. So there was a, there was a you know a scuba diver out there with him, and he would just pull him pull down. Him. <laughs> Pull him down and activate the the you know the blood pack, yeah. And hey. uh, Lee Fierro, she was on the beach just watching, and she was just kind of, you know, they weren't shooting her yet, so she was an observer yeah. to this. She said she was terrified because that image, because all she saw was that you know her on screen son go down yeah. and then blood going up in the air, and she said it was really traumatic mm. to see. Oh, so then yeah. when she did shoot that that scene where she slapped Brody, she said they were, that was kind of, that was real. Yeah. You know, that she was really upset about being kind of being exposed to that. I think as an actor, it was just very traumatic. She really, she really wanted to make sure that that, you know, the child actor was okay at the end of that. It was very convincing. Yeah. And the way the shark kind of like rolls in the background, you can kind of see is, it's just scary. It's a hard, it's like a, I don't know how sharks attack like boys or you know what I mean or, or like like small humans but it just it just looks so real and, and sinister how it just kind of goes up above the water and uh, and rolls Ed's laughing on camera at me with my with my quote I don't know how shark like boys boys yeah it's the creepiest little shark he's, he's like a little collar that he flicks up and a pen knife how do you attack little boys he's little Licks these shark finger and sticks it in your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a little leather jacket. Willy and then just eats you. 
yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, when yeah. when it when it's in the pond, like that first, it's kind of the first time you sort of see it, but it's under yeah. the water, reaching up to grab your man's leg and pull him down. Mm. Like that terrified oh, yeah. me as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah. see the leg yeah. dropping down, which is like still fucking hardcore shit. Like you know. For PG, I, yeah. I don't know, like, but it is, you know, but it is. It's like a horror movie. It's like a thriller. It's like an adventure movie. It's yeah. It's 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 everything. It's everything. Uh, some of the nearly casts. Um, Dreyfus wasn't the first choice for Hooper. Yeah. Spielberg initially approached John Voight. I didn't know that. Mm. Uh, Timothy Bottoms, Jeff Bridges. I could see that. That would have yeah. been a, uh, you know, I. I'm not a huge Dreyfus fan. Um, I think he's good. I think he's good when he's used as a sort of a dickhead character, a slight dickhead yeah. character. Because yeah. I think he yeah. is a bit of a dickhead, yeah. admittedly. Yeah, like his best scene is when he's been a dickhead, when he's doing the examination on the body and he... He's like, can I get a glass? Can I get a glass of water? Yeah. Do not smoke in this room. <laughs> he's like, he's like pulling rank on everybody. I actually cause like because like, he said, can I get a glass of water? And your man brings him back this tiny little cup. Yeah, yeah. Of I think he's mocking him. It's not even a glass <laughs> yeah. of water. A, t- a thimble of water with four drops in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you're about to vomit right now, but this is all I could muster up in twenty seconds. <laughs> we're on, we're on a set. We're, what is this? The water house? <laughs> There's cameras everywhere. No, it's not a tap. Um, when uh, yeah, but then Lucas recommended Dreyfus. Another thing that Lucas did to this movie because he he directed him in American Graffiti, mm. so uh, he, yeah, he pushed him on. Then Shaw wasn't the first choice for Jaws, for Jaws, <laughs> for Quint. <laughs> I'm a shack. I'm big old shack. <laughs> Look at my eyes, chief. I got lifeless eyes, like a doll's eyes. Yeah. Do I get the part? I've got a head. I've got a, t- I've got a tail. I've got a whole damn thing. I'm a whole shack. <laughs> um, yeah, Lee Marvin, uh, Sterling Hayden. Mm. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, no, that's it. That's all I have. I, I, I heard um, that Robert Duval wanted to play Quint. Oh, and I think I think he would have been good. I, I I think like Lee Marvin would have been too famous or something. I like the yeah, fact yeah, that the would. three men on the boat are they're not like they weren't mega stars, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's more about the characters yeah. than about like if it was Charlton Heston as Quint or something. Well, I don't think that would be very good either. Well, yeah, and Heston wants or was it Heston was almost for. Um, for Brody, like oh, there was a really? talk about putting Heston, and Spielberg was like, "No, we like it's he's not on like, every man." Yeah, yeah, mm. and that I think I think the quote that Spielberg had that I read was, "If Heston was Brody, the shark would have been dead in Act One. He would have yeah. swam out and beat him to beat the shit out of him, like you know." Where Schneider is like kind of a With small frame. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, out of my cold dead hands. You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. believe uh, you wouldn't believe Heston as a sort of a small town. Cop, yeah, kind of yeah. slightly out of his depth. Yeah, although he's played kind of characters like that before. Not that he's bad or anything. He's just I don't know. Yeah, the, the, some of the and like there's so much trivia, and I'm trying to whittle it down. But one of the interesting ones I heard uh, was uh, like the line, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. That was improvised, yeah. and they kept it in. But when they did it, just basically in the first screening of the movie. The gasp of the reveal of the shark before he says that line has had the crowds 
like in raptures and they were so loud that nobody could hear the line. So what Spielberg had to do uh-huh. is he had to add bits into the cut between the shark reveal and him saying it to allow enough space for the audience to settle back down mm-hmm. again. And then he had and then yes. he had to bring up the gain on that line. So that's why it's the whole it, it shows it and then it shows him going going back and he's got the cigarette in his mouth and then it shows him kind of stepping back into the into into the boat, into the hole or whatever it's called, and then he turns and says the line. Where it was much quicker in the first cut, but they, they did it because people couldn't hear the line. Mm. Um and then speaking of improvised oh yeah, the other there's a scene at the dinner table before Dreyfus comes with the wine. Do you know the bit where the kids uh, the kids copying him? The, the kids copying him. That was all improvised. Mm. That was the kid playing with him on, on the set that day. I and Spielberg that was, very, was like, very cute. It was lovely, yeah. Paula thought it was weird, though, when Schneider turns to his son and goes, give me a big kiss. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, that's a weird thing for her. I'm like, that's not weird. I, I, no, he just says, give me a I, kiss. He doesn't say, give me a big kiss. He just says, give me a kiss. Yeah, see, I said, I, I, I put the word, I put the, it's I put his the son, word for fuck's to, sake. What's wrong with Paula? Paula's <laughs> fucking weird. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Paula, I if you're listening to this, get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, Paula. Um, then I have, like, yeah, I didn't realize there were, like, so yeah, they they had real shark footage of the attack on the on the cage. We kind of touched on it, but like they had real footage of the shark attach, attacking mm. that cage, which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I have to say, this film is the film I've enjoyed uh, the most. Trivia wise, me too. It was oh, true. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's full. It's rich. Yeah, it's like a Wales blubber. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was yeah. one that I, you know, I watched it on my own. But then I was home, with my mom there yesterday, and even just, yeah, just listening to her talking about that the bomb scare and stuff. And when I put on, I was started watching like a making of documentary with her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I knew this, and I knew this." Like she was, she she was well aware of all the yeah, you know, the behind the scenes thing. So it was a big, it was a big, it was a big deal to even watch, you know, because I lo- I used to love those movies, games, and videos. Oh you know, yeah, the making yeah. of show. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, but I love. Yeah, too, I love yeah. when they like. I, be, and again, it was like. Right before movies, games, and videos, or after on on UTV on a Saturday, yeah. there'd always be like, you know, this is how we made, like, and it could be something like yeah. Hocus Pocus or some yeah. random movie from the nineties. Hmm. Loved it, yeah, yeah. And speaking of, because it's kind of full circle, um, closing out the trivia with what you were talking about with your mom about she loved Hitchcock, like the whole, we didn't really talk about it, but that whole pull zoom effect or the dolly effect where yeah, reverse zoom dolly, you know, yeah. Reverse zoom dolly, whatever whatever the technique is. I I, I used to, I tried. It was the first thing I did when I got my first proper DSLR with a camera that I could that mm. I could zoom in and out. It was the first effect I tried to do. Um, but that's a nod to Hitchcock as well because that's vertigo. that's the vertigo, yeah. the vertigo yeah. reverse uh, zoom dolly. Um, so hey, and thus concludes Trev's trivia with nice. a, with a link back to. Uh, but look, guys, as we as we tiptoe towards a, a decision here, you know, is this going to get into the vault? I don't know. It's pretty, uh, it's on the it, fence. It, tips, it tips in the balance, but let, let's just, let's just uh, open up the IMDb app here and filter on one star just to see what these folk are saying. I have one review. There's a, a lot. There's actually a surprising chunky amount of one star reviews for Jaws. Wow. Um, some of them were, were ridiculous, but this guy kind of, it's one of these reviews where he actually just does a summary of the movie oh. in his review, but it's a pretty good summary. So okay. um, 
it's a good chunky paragraph, but I think it's pretty good. So um, this guy, name name of the uh, the review is one star instead of zero because there's naked girls in the beginning. <laughs> he can and barely see them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's hey, one naked. You don't even see hey, her. Sorry, was this written and, by a nine-year-old? Was this written by yeah, yeah. a nine-year-old, hey, Trev? Hey, and, and not as good as a wing to a blind donkey. Um, story. <laughs> Blonde, tanned, fit, big boobed, naked girl goes for a swim, gets eaten by a shark. Boy goes for a swim, gets eaten by a shark, question mark. No, he didn't even get Clearly in the water, was a shark. idiot. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can't have sharks eating away our children and hot girls. When there's something strange in our neighborhood, who are we going to call? <laughs> a cop, a marine biologist, and a fisherman. Walking Wait, a what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Three dummies get on a crappy wooden boat to hunt a giant carnivorous shark. Oh, did I mention there were dummies already? They keep shooting harpoons attached to a rope, attached to plastic containers filled with air so the shark will drag it and become slow and tired. After that, they believe the shark is tired. Then they tie ropes to the boat. The shark drags the boat towards... (laughs) Or the, the shark drags the boat backwards and makes some water go inside the boat into the engine room, which damages the engine. One of the dummies goes in a shark cage in the water to try and fight the shark or something. Is this Peter Benchley's first draft of this yeah, book, yeah, the novel? Yeah, yeah. This is his beat sheet for the novel. Uh, the shark sneak attacks on the cage, making dummy drop his weapon thing. Denny opens the cage and dummy is able to flee and hide until the end of the movie. The shark eats fisherman. There's only one dummy left on the boat and it's sinking. He makes the shark eat a tank filled with something explosive and then shoots at the explosive thing and the shark goes kablooey. The end. Moral of the story, just because the opening scene of a movie has hot naked blonde women doesn't mean the movie will be good. If you're reading this before seeing it, I've just saved you two hours of your precious life. No need to repay me, but please pay it forward. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Like and share. Uh, Man, that was so, like, yeah, definitely like a nine-year-old yeah. writing a story. Yeah. Oh, the only thing like, that was missing was, and then I woke up and it was all a dream. And yeah. I just, I just was, wet myself. Like, I just had a wet dream. Like a nine-year-old trying to write an essay to impress their teacher and make come across as edgy <laughs> yeah. by going against the grain. Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. say that the yeah. greatest film ever made is shit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm yeah, intelligent yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at this guy's filmography. Like, what what do we have here? You know, Schindler's List. Pfft, yeah, more like fucking list of boring stuff. Couldn't even afford uh, color film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else we got here? Uh, fucking Saving Private Ryan. More like boring lost and found movie. Yeah, Spielberg. Two thumbs down. Um, yeah, I like look. Yeah, for, like forgetting about that review, getting into the whole vault conversation. Um, is this something that that merits inclusion? Uh, hey, we're an inclusive bunch. Uh, mm. Yes, <laughs> it yeah. does. Uh, look, it is like probably, and like we didn't get into the whole box office and how it changed, like cinema, like how we how, you, how films are marketed and distributed and released, and like Jaws, like. For anyone that doesn't know, it was one of the first movies that was released like widespread. Like they re- they released it in like four hundred theaters at once oh. because they knew they knew it was a hit, yeah. 
and they mass distributed it. But they didn't. It was like a cinematic massive. cancer that everybody wanted to contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't like distribute it like to like six or seven hundred theaters because they wanted it to be just enough where all the theaters would be busy and at capacity. Mm. But you'd still you still might need to go to the next town to get a viewing. Yeah. So it kind of spread the word about the movie. Mm. Very clever. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it created the blockbuster. It created that whole kind of idea of like a film becoming this like entity that's like you're moving away from the kind of the the art house era of Hollywood where there are like where the likes of Chinatown got a got got a big cinema deal and now you're talking about films like Jaws and fucking blockbuster movies and getting into the whole Star Wars era. Uh, so like there's obviously lots of questions that did it put films on a good trajectory from an artistic perspective or not fair enough that's a whole interesting conversation you can have blah 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 blah. but look parking all that is it a good movie is it bang for book you know from a spectacle yeah like and to your point Drea like you you were saying you got caught up in all the trivia and you found it one of the most interesting movies to read about all the conjecture and all the stuff about. I did too. But even just watching it, I think it was my favorite watch in this industry so far. Like it was just really easy, even though I've seen this film yeah. a million and one times. I, I Like I, I'd watch it again tonight. I, yeah, I'd probably Google same. Quint's speech, the Indianapolis again tonight, just before I go to bed because it's fresh in my head and I want to see it again. Um, yeah, but like 100% goes in for me. Um, one of my, I forgot that this film is one of my favorite films, you know, in a weird way. And it's kind of back in that list of like whatever top 20, 25 movies that of all time in, in my little brain. <laughs> so yeah, no, 100%. Uh, what about you, Dre? Oh, 100% in the vault. Uh, like I'm, I'm the exact same as you, Trev. This, I think this film and... I was going to say the nutty professor. <laughs> that just two slipped, the clumps. Let, let, let's be let's be honest. There. <laughs> uh, what I meant to say was this film and Mrs. Doubtfire were probably <laughs> my two favorite watches of yeah of uh, this podcast so far, um, and this one purely for just nostalgic, you know, value of you know sitting down. Uh, wintry night with my mom and watching a scary movie didn't always have to be jaws but this yeah this was a this was a big staple of of my childhood yeah. because it was just my my parents always talked about you know the, i think they felt like they helped make this film you know they felt like for heart of it because of <laughs> yeah. that bomb scare you know story yeah. Yeah, yeah it was popular because of them yeah you know yeah um but yeah no it's 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 got everything it's got like just like that one star review you know, it's got everything. It's got the the special effects, the deaths, yeah, the the boobs, but it, yeah. like enough boob to make it classy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too Just much boob. enough. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a little. It's 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 that perfect little insinuation boob. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. No nip, no nip slips. Yeah, mm. but no, yeah. no. Uh, mm. It's 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 one hundred percent. It's in the vault and it's in there with everyone else. I've I've, I've often put just characters from films into the vault yeah. if i'm not 100 percent behind it but i'm yeah. kicking this in hey maybe i'll it's put jaws 2 in there yeah but isn't it like when as soon as they get on the boat like i love the whole film but when they get on the boat that last half an hour like it's brilliant yeah like, it's just yeah. 
the pace and it's just relentless. Like I, yeah, I, it's longer yeah. than half an hour. It's because I, I, I checked it when they when they set off from the pier. It's like yeah. uh, fifty one minutes. Oh, left. okay. Right, but that, okay. but that's the thing about this movie. It is a two-hour movie that seems like you can watch it in twenty minutes or yeah. something. That's the kind of yeah. that's the kind of magic of it. It just seems uh, it flows so effortlessly, and yeah, yeah, like for, like for me, you know, uh, VCR went in the VCR player in nineteen eighty-four, and entire family sat around. Halfway through the movie, so a friend of mine, Chief, <laughs> my whole family, <laughs> really enjoying it. Um, <laughs> my mom, my dad, the whole them. I'll just stop saying. Yeah, no. it's a kind. It's a kind <laughs> of a. It's a kind of a miracle of a movie in a lot of ways because the concept of it, although it's like a high concept, which you know, and you kind of touched on a little bit, Trev, where this movie, because it was delayed for so long, it went like. The budget tripled. It went months and months yeah. over schedule, so much so that it was released during the summer when big movies weren't released because people were at the beach or on holidays, whatever. So it kind of invented the summer blockbuster. Everyone was like, well, Jaws made a shit ton of money, became the yeah. biggest movie of all time during the yeah, summer, so yeah. let's release our movies in the summertime. And also, it you know invented the kind of high-concept movie so without jaws you probably wouldn't have a bunch of blue collar guys become exterminators but they're exterminating ghosts uh or you know a boy uh, who is awkward has a new best friend but the best friend's an alien you know it's like (laughs) yeah you wouldn't have the high concept thing done but like jaws did it so well in what in anyone else's hands should be the stupidest fucking goofiest fucking movie like yeah in an alternative universe and like well actually not even an alternative universe look at the meg with jason statham which is like a giant shark now i haven't Mm -hmm. seen that movie but it's not as good as jaws because few movies are and it's a hundred percent in the vault chief lock it up Farewell and adieu to you, Phil Jaws DVD. <laughs> yeah. Hey, show us the way we go. What? Show us the way to go home. We're tired and we want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. We've watched the movie about an hour ago and it's gone straight to the vault, baby. It's Jaws in the vault. Nice. <laughs> nice. Guys, it's been a pleasure. As always, tune in next time for whatever movie we decide to do then. Back to the future, maybe. We'll see. Uh, maybe that's what's next on the list. But look, Back to Future Two, Ed, Dre. Back to Future Two. Yeah, two, three, two, and three. Uh, but yeah, Jeez. look, guys, thanks for listening. Um, been a pleasure. Jaws in the vault. Yay! Bye. See you later. Bye. There she blows. Wait, that's Moby Dick. There she goes. There it is. It's in the vault. I hope you enjoyed the chat. It was a pleasure to watch that movie. Pleasure to talk about it. As always, thanks. Big thanks to Ed and Dre taking the time to be the best in the streamers that I've ever been if you like what you hear then give us a like give us a follow give us a subscribe on your Spotify or your Apple Pods or whatever wherever you listen to this maybe on the Headstuff site um, and if you look speaking of the Headstuff hey sh- sh- come here speaking of the Headstuff site if you really like us why don't you drop on over to Headstuff Plus 
and give us an old sub. And for but the price of a pint, my dear, a month. So one pint a month. It's 12 a year. 12 alcoholic beverages a year. You can get privileged access to the Head Stuff Plus network where we'll drop some premium material there that doesn't get released on the regular streams. And you'll also get access to all the other premium content from the other Head Stuff Plus network pods. So, hey, it's a it's a no-brainer, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Um, but that's it for me. That's it for Matt. That's it from Andrea. That's it from Jaws. That's it, that's it from Quint. Um, have a nice fortnight and see you on the flip side. Talk to you later. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.